You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Welcome back, everybody. Episode 193 of the Black Eagles podcast. I'm your host, Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City. Uh, a gray, but still mild, you know, not, not quite fall yet, uh, although technically it is, right? Um, but so, yeah, um, obviously, thanks again to everybody um, in the, over the last week who've been sending their well wishes and their condolences. Um, I guess it's no secret, I might as well just say it. Um, my sister passed away last week uh, in an accident uh, on the back of a motorcycle, she was. Um, I won't get into more details, but obviously that was pretty difficult to deal with. But again, thank you so much to everybody who um, sent their well wishes and you know, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of lovely folks out there. And it really did warm my heart um, to, to sort of realize that we've created a nice bit of a community here uh, and, uh, with this podcast and with our listeners. Um, yeah, you know, uh, it was great just to hear all these voices out there and, and realize that you, you're all out there listening. But so, yeah, um, thanks as always. But let's talk about Besiktas. Let's talk about specifically Besiktas against Sivas. Um, obviously a huge match. Going into the match, I think Sivas was in 10th place at the time. Um, decidedly mid-table. Sivas is sort of serially competitive, right? Uh, a good side that's established themselves as, as a side that you can never just chalk up a win, you know, in the win column before going into the match. They'll, they'll always throw up surprises. Um, going back to the last season, I suppose we should mention, uh, in the first half of the season, on December 28th, 2020, Besiktas defeated Sivas for 3 to nil, but in the second half of the season, on April 20th uh, last uh, of this year, actually, um, Sivas hosted us and we only managed a draw, a nil-to-nil draw. Operation is in effect as of right now. So, I mean, perfect example of how you can't really chalk up these matches as a win going into them. You know, historically we have ten wins, four draws, and eight losses to Sivas. So it, it's actually a surprisingly even even deal here. Um, you know, I think our rivals often accuse Riza Chalambay, uh, for example, of, of like throwing matches to us because of his history with Besiktas. And like again, history does not back that up. Um, another conspiracy theory. Rebuffed, uh, but so yeah. As far as Sivas this season, not as good as as what we were kind of just going on about with their history and all that. Um, I guess let's talk about their results so far this season and where um, where that had brought them to date uh, to start the season off. 
And I guess we have to go a little bit back, because they've they had a, a few European games as well, which, I mean, you know, they beat Petro Cub, uh, a Moldovan side, uh, in, the, in their um, conference league play, for example. Twice they beat them. So that's how they started their season, kind of glorified friendlies. They beat Dinamo Batumi in their next encounter. Um, a Georgian side, uh, and against the Georgian side, they, they beat them in their, in their first encounter and then managed to draw in their second, perhaps revealing some kind of uh, weaknesses on their end. Anyway, so they started the season off at home against Konya and they lost nil to one. And of course, we are all probably aware of Konya's hot start to the season. Uh, but then they followed that up with a loss in the Conference League to FC Copenhagen, one to two. And then they lost to Trabzon again on the road, 2-1. to one. Actually, not again on the road. That was their first sort of competitive road performance beyond some of those Conference League ones. But uh, then again in the Conference League, they were on the road in Copenhagen, and they lost 5-0. to nil. So at this point, things are not looking great for Sivas. Um, they've started out their sort of the competitive season, of, uh, portion of their season, rather, uh, losing twice in the league and getting sort of resoundingly booted out of the Europa Conference League. They would then come up against Gustepe at home and draw 2-2, two to two, better but not great. But then they'd be in Istanbul the following week against Fener and they would hold them to a draw, 1-1. One to one. And again, no three points, but obviously much better. That's what they want to be doing. Uh, and then they would uh, be hosting Gaziantep, kind of a tough nut to crack, potentially, uh, and again a draw, one to one. So, you know, still no wins, but clearly they've sort of begun to turn the ship around, uh, three draws in a row. Then they face Yeni Malatya in Malatya on the road and win, nil to one, and then host Fatih Karagumruk, a side that's come in pretty strongly this year, and they beat them, four to nil. So that's where they were coming into our match. So uh, that would have been a resounding success for them, obviously, and it would seem like they're back on track, or they would obviously see it that way. But so yeah, let's go into the match. Let's talk about the lineups, right? Because that's always a question mark with this Besiktas side, with all the injuries. And so yeah, Erson was back in the goal. Um, Serdar Sachi and Domagos Vita were on the back line. So welcome back, Mr. Vita. That would obviously be very welcome. Valentin Rosier on the right side and Ridvan Yilmaz on the left. So for anyone who was worried about Ridvan being injured in the previous match um, against Ajax, that's not the case. We don't have to worry. Joseph de Souza uh, started, of course, in the back of our midfield with John Bozdoan up ahead of him and Ozan Oziakoub. Interesting to see John get the call there. Uh, and good, I think, certainly for anyone who, you know, that was like a cheap transfer. He's ours um, and he's young. So for him to be getting regular playing time and contributing quite a bit now already. Remember, he's 20 years old. So that's potentially a phenomenal development for the club here. Um, same goes for Serdar Sachi, obviously, uh, on the back line, who he's been just phenomenal. I don't know how else to describe him. Um, Kenan Kadaman is a, was a, is a right midfielder for us, right wing, and Guven Yeltsin on the left wing. So not a natural winger in the bunch again. And then Mishi Bachuai up front, which would be good news for Sivaspor. Um, Moamer 
Yildirim was their goalkeeper, 31-year-old Turk. They also had uh, Janer Osman Pasha on their back line, um, Hakan Arslan, Ahmed Oz as, as their right wing, right back, Ur Chifchi, the left back. In the center of their midfield, they had um, Okechuku Azubike, 24-year-old Nigerian, uh, as well as um, Jorge Felix, I believe, played in the center of their midfield. Uh, and Dimitrios Gutas, I believe, as well. I'm not sure where he played positionally, to be honest. Um, but Kayode, um, Olarenwaju Kayode, uh, also Nigerian, uh, played on their right wing with uh, Max Alain Gradel on the left and then Pedro Enrique up front I mean it, it's they have a curious team in some in, in a way in, in like the, a lot of their guys don't play their natural positions so I, like a lot of the people who've compiled um, their lineups put them out of position so I'm kind of having to piece this together myself on the fly to be 100% honest but I think that's about what it was. I mean, perhaps Coyote played up front with Jorge Felix and Pedro Enrique was sort of classified as a, as a winger, as the right winger with Max Cordell on the left. Maybe Gutas is a central defender. I don't know, but he was very active up front. So I, I'm sort of inclined to think he was a, a midfielder and Hakan Arslan a defender, though. Obviously, Hakan Arslan is more of a defensive midfielder. So, I, you know, it's something of a mystery. He's got... An interesting lineup that he's got to work with, Riza Chalimbay. And it's probably not entirely easy to construct that, that lineup given the, the weird positional preferences guys have there and, and their abilities maybe not matching those. Anyway, let's talk about the match itself because obviously that's what was important. Um, the initial bits had Besiktas out, I think, playing the better football, but not really piecing things together. Everyone looked a little bit rusty. Again, another completely new 11 for Besiktas, right? Like, there's always um, some having to adjust out there on the fly. First action was in the 17th minute. John Bozdoan finding Valentin Rosier, uh, who crosses it in for Bachuay and is brought down. Um, I didn't get a really good close-up replay. I don't know if it was a legitimate penalty shout. Um, I heard people saying it was on online, but I guess you could probably find people saying anything online. Uh, that's just the nature of online. Uh, speaking of which, shouts to uh, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp being down. That's awfully convenient. So uh, no hashtag um, Ask Aaron or Khan's Corner this week. Uh, thanks once again, Zuckerberg. Um, no. Anyway, 31st minute. Ozan would send an A-plus ball from deep. Um, really surprising because he had his like, back to it and he did a sort of spin move and sent it out. It would find Valentin Rosier on the right wing. He, he came up and, and did well to get there. He'd send in a perfect cross for Guven Yalchin, who would just a diving volley kind of... I don't know what you call that. Rainbow goal, rainbow kick, uh, just fantastic, 1-0 lead, Besiktas has the lead, he scored two weeks in a row now, uh, and so yeah, just a fantastic goal from Guven Yeltsin, uh, and I would never have expected him to be a guy who would score two weeks in a row for uh, ever again after what we'd seen last of him. 33rd minute, 
a penalty? Uh, going against us, kind of right at right out of the gates after we'd scored. Um, but actually, Pe Pedro Enrique was called offsides. Uh, the penalty was not awarded, and it would have been a dubious call anyway, if we're going to be honest. But whatever. Uh, one minute into extra time, Guven Yelchin would almost get himself a brace with actually a really pretty decent effort from outside of the penalty box. So Guven Yelchin finding his scoring boots, perhaps. Uh, this one, however, would be saved by Muhammad, their keeper. Uh, and that would be it at the half. One to nil. Besiktas with, you know, that tenuous one-goal lead that you're never too comfortable with. But all in all, I think definitely the better side. So you, I think we were all feeling pretty good about that one-nil lead and about the sort of performance that underlined it. Again, it has to be noted that uh, quite a few guys were not in our starting lineup that should be, right? Um, five out of our 11 starters, better than nine, right? Better than where we've been previously, but still, five out of 11 starters not present. So, again, like, to see us have a sort of commanding 1-0 lead against a decent side like Sivas with that much lacking, I think we could all be pretty happy about it. Um, one thing worth noting, we might have a hit list entry here. Pedro Henrique, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, he's, he's on warning here. Lots of flopping, lots of, you know, the thing that really demarcates a, a kind of annoying flopper from a real hit list entry is when they're the types who initiate contact and are making dirty plays and then flopping to try to get the call. That makes you, that's a yellow card, sir. Hit list does not approve of those antics. Um, so yeah, that's just worth noting. Halftime, 1-0. Coming into the second half, not much action uh, as far as like substitutions and all of that. I, I, I don't think there were any substitutions made actually at the half. But So um, in the 46th minute, right out of the gates, a corner kick would sort of come back out to Ozan, who would send in a nice cross to Guven Yalcin, who finds his head, heads it down well, um, across the goal mouth, and Urchivchi just, I mean, anyway, they don't award a handball, but they very clearly, it seemed to me, should have. He has his hands in a natural position at first, but he actually pulls his hand out and kind of smacks the ball right in front of the goal there, so seemed a pretty clear handball to me, but it's not given, okay, whatever. Uh, and then, of course, right after that, in the 50th minute, our corner goes the other way, and it would be Gutas getting his head on it, setting it just high. Um, you know, the cross might have been a little off. I mean, I don't know. I think it was honestly, in this case, just the header being sent a little wide. But you might question Ersin on this one. He came out and didn't quite get a fist on it and gave them a real scoring opportunity. So, luckily, um, it seemed like we'd survived the, the obvious get screwed by a ref and then take a goal right after that. Uh, narrative, but of course, that was not true. We there was a, a false alarm, and we got screwed, just as you'd expect. 53rd minute, um, Kenan has the ball on the left wing, uh, approaching their penalty box. He fouled, seemingly clearly, but somehow on the counter, the ball finds uh, you know, aggressive Max Alain Gradel. Um aggressive in a good sense, you know, very attacking-minded, and he's just dribbling with with ease and comfort. Sends in a long cross to Pedro Enrique that 
looks like Ridvan Yilmaz beats him to. However, in beating him to the header, he sends the ball into the back of the net anyway. Uh, and Ersen has no real shot at it. He, um, he, he couldn't even really jump at it, to be honest. So that was that. A, uh, a goal against us, an own goal for that matter. It's one to one. Ridvan is not pleased with himself. But you know, mistakes happen. And um, I guess on the other, on the bright side, he beat his man to a header. <laughs> That's good for him, the little man. Uh, anyhow, 68th minute, Serdar Sachi actually would uh, sort of rush forward, find Bashuai, who would send in a shot, kind of a nice one. It was saved and it would um, get punched out poorly right into the path of Valentin Rosier, who sort of volleys it back towards the goal and is just wide with his with his volley and so we almost score right back on the on the break. I guess not quite, it was like five minutes later. Uh, and then you see your first subs. Um, a name many will recognize, Mustafa Yatabare, 35-year-old, actually I didn't realize he'd gotten that old. Um, but yeah, Yatabare would enter the match for uh, Olaren Waju Kayode. Um, Coyote had not been particularly dangerous, and Yatabare has a reputation for being dangerous. So I think that would be noteworthy. 64th minute, a yellow card for uh, Joseph. Uh, it would be right after Max Alangradel sent in a nice ball. I think it was Pedro Enrique sort of flubbed with his head, sending it right to Erison. We were perhaps a little lucky. Um, but so yeah, Joseph got the yellow. 67th minute, our first round of subs would be Gokan Tore in for Kenan Karaman, who had another sort of middling performance, I guess you could say. Uh, also of note, interestingly, uh, Alex Teixeira entering the match for Ozan Ozekup, his first appearance back from that injury that kept him sidelined for longer than we uh, would have hoped for. Also, Nejip enters the match for John Bozdoan. And then, almost right after that, in the 68th minute, a goal. Uh, Ridvan Yilmaz rushing on, rushing forward, sending the ball into uh, Guven Yalchin, who heads it in really nicely across the goal mouth, high, so the keeper can't can't get to it. Outstretched diving keeper can't get a hand on it, and it's a goal, two to one. Ridvan Yilmaz, uh, Ridvan Yilmaz, the assister, uh, Guven Yalchin with the second goal of the match, third in two matches, and this man has refound his game, I guess. Um, let's see, after that, 70th minute, Yatabare, uh, showing what we, what I was talking about. Maybe something, maybe he should have played more. Uh, nice sort of counter move, finds Pedro Enrique for a header. This time, Erison has to make a slightly more difficult save, but I think we can all agree that Pedro Enrique is not very good with his, with his head, <laughs> uh, which is good for us. 72nd minute, Yatabara gets himself a yellow card, uh, and then you'd see Erdogan Yeshil Yurt enter the match for Ahmed Oz. Um, so some some changes for them. I don't, I don't really know what it signifies tactically. I'm not that familiar with the players. Uh, and then they'd make another sub in the 80th minute, bringing on Sefa Yilmaz, uh, a name many will recognize. He's been around the league for a while. Coming in for Okachukwu, so they're going a little more attacking. I think I can parse that from the data. 85th minute, a deep cross would find the head of Yatabare, 
um, and he would send it on perfectly for Pedro Enrique, who, not with his head, but this time with his feet, would just flub the volley, and it was kind of an open goal, which could easily have been the equalizer for us. Of course, 81st minute would have been a heartbreaking moment, uh, but he flubs it completely and just doesn't make good contact with the ball. It sort of rolls out unthreateningly, and we can all breathe uh, a deep breath of calm. 86th minute, Umut Merash would come into the match for Guven Yalcin, um, and I thought that would signify Ridvan Yilmaz coming up to playing to play the, the wing and Umut play, going back to play left back. It did not happen that way. Um, Umut Merash played the wing, so. Okay, whatever. Uh, 90th minute, Umut Merash would get himself a yellow card. Uh, and then in the 94th minute, Batshuayi would force a pretty decent save, actually. Um, but he, uh, you know, off a nice pass from Valentin Rosier, which was off of a really nice sort of offensive defense move by Joseph, taking a ball back when Sivas was just trying to spring a counter. But anyway, Batshuayi would be called offside, so his pretty decent shot would be nullified, wouldn't count for anything, and there it was, 95th minute, final whistle is blown, and Besiktas would win, 2-1, to one. huge three points, going into the break, um, <coughs> it's been officially announced, and everybody will be back with the exception of Mehmet Topal, um, already today in training, Wellington, Rashid Ghezal, and uh, I want to say uh, Kyle Laren came back also um, from injury, and they were back in training. So obviously that's fantastic news for everyone who cares about Besiktas. And um, yeah, we can start to look like a, a regular side again after the break. So yeah, and that worth noting. It's worth noting we are going into an international break now, so we will not have a match next week. Um, I will be back, however, to uh, report on Sporting Lisbon, I believe. Um, but so, yeah, that's it for this match against Sivas. And that would be it for this match day, which we can now start to talk about. Although first, I suppose, let's talk a little bit about statistics. Besiktas had 54% of the ball. Not commanding, but again, five, in, five starters out. Um, Sivas, 46%, for anyone who can't do the math. We had 10 shots to their 8, 4 on target to their 2. Our passing accuracy, we had 439 passes to their 382. Not so different. 80% passing, passing accuracy on our end to their 76%, which is not bad. Uh, we committed 14 fouls, they committed 15. We had 2 yellow cards awarded to their 1. They were called off 5 times to our 4, so, you know, very... Uh, undisciplined but offensive match for both sides um we had three corners to their two so again like they were no no walkover by any stretch let's talk i guess a little bit about individual stats perhaps uh obviously there are some pretty decent standout performances um all around which we can talk about. I guess let's go through the highest rated players first of all. And the, mo the, the, the two guys who were rated to have excellent matches, one above and beyond. Guven Yeltsin had a 9.05. Fantastic rating for a guy who's, I mean, obviously scored twice uh, and was, was generally pretty active too, you know. Not ghosting, which is great. Um, Domingos Vida was the, the next highest rated player. 
It's an 8.05, interestingly. Um, all above 7, so I'll go from best down. Valentin Rosier, Ozan Oziakoub, Serdar Sachi, um, Jorge Felix for them, Joseph de Souza, Dimitrios Gutas, Ahmed Ohuz, and that was it. Um, and then sort of above average, <laughs> um, Hakan Aslan, Ridvan Yilmaz, Gokan Ture, Michi Bachuai, and Ersin Destanoli. Oh, also, John Bozduan. Um, barely. But let's not dwell on the sort of whatever stats. Obviously, Guven Yalchin, two goals, four shots in total, 18 accurate passes at a 67% rate. Not, not great, but you know. Um, of his four shots, only one was off target, three on target. Yeah, I mean, just. I mean, he had one for three on long balls, he had two crosses. No key passes, so like not a stellar match as far as his passing goes, but at least he was involved and he had 48 touches to underline that. He won 7 out of 14 duels, so 14 duels means he's active. Again, that's like ideal. He completed 2 out of 4 dribbles, so not terrible. He was dispossessed 3 times. I mean, you know, again, not a technically like stellar performance out of the kid, which you don't expect, but just... Great all-around performance, two goals, you can't really say enough about that. As for Domingos Vida and his exceptionally high rating, I mean, he played the full 90, but he had 60 accurate passes at an 82% rate, which is, I guess, noteworthy. You know, um, 73 passes, um, 60 of them accurate, so very active, very involved. He had 10 long balls, six of them were accurate. He had 89 touches. He won, now this is amazing, he won 10 duels and he only lost one. Uh, he had two clearances, he was fouled three times, you know, kind of stopping their, their attacks, right? Those are always good fouls. Um, one of three as far as tackles completed, so not, not perfect, but again, they, they didn't score. And none of their goals were, were his fault, so I guess it all worked out in the end. He was 0 for 4 as far as aerial duels go, so that's never ideal, but... I mean, that's never been his strength, but he did have four interceptions and eight recoveries. So just incredibly active, incredibly effective as far as killing their attacks and, and keeping us in this game, even when we let them score the, the one-to-one, the equalizer. Uh, and, you know, just always active and involved and kind of starting attacks from the back. So, yeah, great performance by Domingos Vida. I'll give the man of the match to Guven Yelchin because... You know, why not? Two goals. And, like, after a match where he scored a goal, and, you know, typically that's where he'd falter. You know, he lacked that consistency and the ability to string good performances together. So, keep it coming, kid. You know, I'm certainly enjoying what I'm seeing, by all means. Uh, and it's interesting. Another, per perhaps, potential, I don't want to jinx him by any means, but Sergen Yelchin did single out Guven Yelchin as his next kind of reclamation project. And it's... You know, Kyle Aaron was the one who scored 19 goals for us last season. Shouts to my guy, Uzjan, um, for the, the 19 correction. But, um, yeah. After Kyle Aaron's reclamation project last year, a striker turned left winger. Here we have Guven Yelchin scoring two goals on the left wing, uh, formerly known as a striker. Who knows? Maybe here's the next one. Uh, I don't want to jinx it again, but that's... I mean, Sergan did single him out this year as the next one, so... You love to see it. Obviously, that's a great, potentially self-fulfilling prophecy. Uh, but yeah, let's 
now dig into standings because there is some movement on that end and I think in our cases it's positive movement we're, we finished match day eight and all of the results are in uh, in third place we've moved up from fourth we obviously have five wins two draws and one loss and 17 points uh, plus eight goal differential which is only bettered by Hatay Spor who are on a plus 10 Trabzon has a plus eight goal differential as well and they're one spot above us in second with five wins and three draws no losses 18 points um, above them in first is Fenerbahce uh, six wins one draw and one loss 19 points and I guess we can mention their results as well so they beat Kasim Pasha 2 to 1 at home this week Trabzonspor beat Kai City 1 to 2 on the road um, I mentioned Hatay they're actually in fourth place right behind us five wins one draw and two losses 16 points Altai has slipped now into fifth place with 15 points, five wins, no draws, three losses. They lost pretty badly, four to one uh, on the road in Gaziantep. So no good for them. Konya is in sixth place, three wins, five draws, no losses. They're still technically undefeated, but 14 points. Uh, and so the the draws are catching up to them, I guess, points-wise. Seventh place, Fatih Karagumruk, four wins, two draws, two losses, 14 points. Eighth place. Galatasaray, four wins, two draws, two losses, also 14 points. Uh, they managed a two to three uh, road victory against Rizze Sport, who have been terrible this year. Uh, and, and they got really lucky. Their third goal should probably have been called off. Uh, not should probably, it definitely should have been called off. So they got quite lucky. Um, but so yeah, good for them. I suppose they're kind of backing it just three points behind us now, although they are still floundering down there in eighth place. Uh, it's worth mentioning they drew nil-nil against Marseille in the Europa League during midweek. Um, Fener, on the other hand, lost nil to three against Olympiacos. So um, despite their good results domestically, terrible stuff, in, you know, continentally. And uh, you'd think that those results might catch up to them. It really... You know, it was a very unflat, like, terrible performance for them, that 3-0 loss. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think they're getting a lot of uh, help from referees this season, if I'm going to be 100% honest. Uh, and that's the thing that does not translate into Europe. But anyway, uh, I still don't think that, this, you know, they're being in first place. doesn't matter that much. It's still early. Only eight matches in. We're past the quarter mark, but that doesn't mean a whole lot. We're nowhere near the halfway mark yet. And, you know, lots of football to be played. And we're going to be finally uh, fully fit again after, the, inter after the, the international break. So, good luck to the boys uh, during their break. I hope the guys who are playing and healthy for their international teams do well, uh, represent us well abroad, uh, and come back in good form, ready to, to kick butt in the Super League. You know, obviously, we'll be back with, with more results and more uh, podcasting um, when when the team returns. But meanwhile, I do plan on coming back uh, next week with uh, a sporting preview. Hopefully, I can get uh, those guys to get to, to come on the air and, and tell us a little bit about what the, what the Portuguese champions are up to. Obviously, they've had a pretty poor start to the Champions League, but so have we. So we're kind of in the same boat. And we are probably the main competitors with each other for that third place spot 
Uh, although things can happen, who knows? Maybe we can turn it around with results against Ajax and Dortmund. We shall see. Obviously, having a full complement of players will contribute to that, and it's great to have them come back. So yeah, that's it, folks. Um, follow us on Twitter. Follow myself at Sir underscore rights underscore a lot. Um, follow the podcast at Eagles underscore podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast, one word. Um, thanks one more time to everyone for all the well-wishing. Uh, yeah, obviously, nobody likes to deal with that kind of stuff in their family, but yeah, it really uh, it's, it's nice to to be supported by all you folks. But so yeah, thanks again to everyone, and I should definitely say, let's go, Mexicans! Peace out, everyone. We will be back next match against Bashakshi here, Friday, October 15th, 1 p.m. in New York City. Check your local listings, peace! Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.